welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hello, Crystal. How are you there, beautiful? 
Hello, Amelia. So nice to hear your voice. Gosh, it's been too long. I know, way too long, right? But I've been <laughs> your ears have to be burning because I keep we were just talking about you in another room. I am we are so excited. Randy's here as well. We're so excited about this new book. And I I have I can't even tell you how many copies I've already uh, purchased and handed out. We gave them out to the G100 gals. It's just it's phenomenal, and I'm I'm just so excited. Um, I, I love wow. you anyway, right? I fell in love the minute I met you. I was like, wow, she is my people. <laughs> I know. We fell in love with each other, Amelia. I mean, um, we were just soul sisters from that <laughs> first meeting. So thank you so much, though. I, um, it warms my heart to hear that you're enjoying the book and that you're supporting it. And um, that was the whole reason we wrote it, was just to get it in as many hands as possible, because it is really changing lives and um, so many just incredible stories of transformation. So, Yeah. I think that's a, it's an it's it's a it's a challenge, right? I mean, um, I'll just I'll bring over some some knowledge nuggets from uh, the discussion that we were having with the uh, the Genius One Hundred, and there's this this myth um, that I'm trying to save you, respect you, honor you by not asking, right? Because oh, I know you're really busy, so I'm not going to ask. And I I know that you know everybody wants, and so I'm not going to ask, right? There's this weird vicious cycle that happens around asking. Um, which is, you know, coming off of a, you know, more of an immature relationship instead of like, you know, for you and I, we're, we're equals, right? So I respect that if I ask you for something, you are fully capable to, to, to defend and speak on your own behalf, but we don't ask, right? We really are conditioned in society not to ask. So I think the entire book is brilliant because it is this stumbling block um, that we have so much about asking for the things that we need or asking for the deal or at, just all of the things that get into this, this, uh, this around this thing around asking, because it is the biggest game changer is learning to stand in your power and ask for the things that you want, your need, or that you're interested in. It is the biggest game changer. And that's why we wrote it because, you know, Mark and I are always searching and, you know, just probing for understanding on, on how to live masterfully. And, through the the travels and vast experiences we have, we, we get to meet so many amazing people, but we discovered a pattern and people who are masterful at life are also masterful at asking questions. They really understand how to formulate the right question at the right time in the right way. And that ability to ask and to not be afraid to just step out and do it continues to provide new resources to them. And when we hold back, like what you were talking about, we miss that opportunity. It is gone. It, it passes us by. And then we become conditioned to not ask. And we and it just grows on itself. It gets worse and worse. That's why people who are masterful at it just seem to keep winning and winning again and again. And those who don't keep scratching their heads going, what's wrong with me? I'm talented. I'm smart. And they are. I mean, that's what we've discovered. Everybody probably has 10 times more talent and ability than they ever really use. But if you don't, if you're, if you aren't able to, you know, master your ability to ask for what you want and what you, what you're seeking in life, you will miss all those opportunities to, to deploy your own talents. Good morning, Randy. I know that you and I talk about this book all of the time. So I, I welcome would, you. I would this, sleep with fans. it. I would cuddle with it and sleep with it if I were allowed to do so. <laughs> I love that, Randy. Oh my goodness. Well, I'd love to hear what you think of the book. I just, I just love to hear the feedback because it's so personal to, to each person. For me, this was a, seriously, this was a major game changer. And to, to clarify for those people who don't know, Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Hansen wrote this together. 
Mark Victor Hansen created the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, co-created it. Um, I am not good at asking. And I understood from the book, the first, because Mark then came on my podcast, and the thing that was most helpful for me to really clarify, there's what we ask of ourselves, which I'm good at that. I demand stuff from me. What we ask from others, I'm not good at, as Amelia knows. What we ask from our higher power, I'm once again not good at. I was very good at looking at myself and saying, what could I do? And I, it just kind of broke me into going there because Mark did this show earlier. But Crystal, you and I know we have, I have a very personal story, uh, a very yeah. personal benefit from the yeah. book is yeah. Mark subsequently did my podcast, Jones Dot Show. He was on the podcast. And when I have a guest on, I don't ask them for something. I don't say, introduce me to so-and-so. My job is to benefit my listener. My job is to help them. My job is to showcase my guests. My job is to not make myself look good or get something for me. So I don't ask at that point in time. But we get to the end of the show. We've not recording. And Mark says, I want to ask you something. So he actually generates the next ask because he was curious enough, uh, curious enough about my interest in fiction. He knew I'd done nonfiction, but my interest in fiction because Mark, your husband, did the ask. I'm I'm saying this for the first time. I haven't even, you know, my my cl some close friends know it, but the everybody doesn't know it. I'm actually now writing my first fiction novel that you and your husband are going to publish because of this book. <laughs> because your husband asked me about me. Isn't that amazing? Because crazy. it opened that door for you. Yeah, it's crazy. And the minute you start asking, you know, it just opens new doors. You find solutions. Opportunities keep appearing, but you have to get into the asking journey. And I'd like to break that down a little bit more, just what we get into with the book. Um, you talked about the, the what we call the three channels through which to ask, because it's not just, ask, you know, I'm going to go out there and ask a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it really is is the complete circle, and, and we say those channels are ask yourself, ask others, and ask God, and, and each one is equally important because asking yourself is your reflective journey, um, and you can't, you can't go forward unless you know what, where you are now, so that's just critical at every juncture of your life. Asking others is that bonding journey. None of us can do this life alone no matter what we think. And we all often, many of us, I should say, tend to want to be lone rangers and it doesn't happen. We need others. We need to bond. We need to understand, learn and assist each other in this, in this journey. And then asking God is what raises you to this higher context of existence in which you can live because you begin to see yourself and your role in, in sort of that bigger context of the universal picture, something something bigger than you and how you fit into that big picture. And it's so amazing and remarkable when you start seeing yourself in that context. So, and we say asking God, but whatever, whatever, you know, you're comfortable with universe, God, however you think your relationship is with that higher power source creator, whatever that is, but it's all about who you are as a being and what you're becoming. You know, what is your role on this kingdom called earth? You know, what, what is, what is your kingdom purpose? While you think of that, Randy, I am going to uh, take this quick uh, 
like moment to just encourage everyone. Let's uh, take that button at the bottom and share this room out. It has been so insightful and you know that Randy is going to bring it. It's like, uh, he's really loving this book and, uh, just the way that we have, uh, this organic conversation going with Crystal. It's been amazing. So please share out the room so we can get some more people in here so they don't miss out on Randy's uh, insights as well. All right, back to you guys. Well, you know, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to answer questions today. I want to ask them <laughs> because I'm still fascinated, Crystal, because I know enough about the two of you. I want to know what writing this book taught you about you. Because oh, I know you're you know. looking for that still. I know you're not done looking no. for that. No, I mean, we're learning about ourselves every day. And if we're not, we should be asking more questions, right? Um, you know, it really got me to look at, at our lives. And as, as we look back on our own lives, we realized that at every juncture, both individually and together, when we were stuck, when we were challenged, when we were even devastated by something, it was really that ability we had to ask ourselves, ask others and ask God that, that revectored us and changed our direction. Um, you know, and I think I talk about this in the book, Randy, but um, one of the most powerful times of revectoring for me um, was when I was very young. I was just one of those kids who uh, thought high school was easy and boring. So I accelerated my curriculum and graduated myself at age 16 and married uh, my boyfriend who was five years older. Um, turned out to not be a great life plan because two and a half years later, I'm in a brand new city, baby on my hip, no friends, no family, and absolutely no idea how I was going to support myself. And I, I did the thing that I, the only thing I could think of at the moment was to apply for food stamps, which I did. And I was standing at that grocery store that first time, um, you know, ready to exchange those food stamps for food and groceries. And a question dropped in my mind. And I realized through the writing of this book, how that one question changed everything for me. And I, I, first of all, it was, the question was, how did I get here? Followed by this huge booming voice in my head that said, are you really doing everything you can to get out of this the best you can? Or are you just taking the easy way out? And in that moment, it was so strange because I felt like this light was shining on, on my head and it was sort of like, busted, you know, because instantly when my higher self, higher power, whatever asked me that question, I knew the answer. I knew I was kind of taking the easy way out. I, and I knew I wasn't doing the best I could. And I honestly had no idea what that was. I, I had no idea, but I knew I had, there was something more inside of me. And in that second, that split second, I did this pivot where I'm turning those food stamps over to this woman and I'm like almost fierce, like thinking in my mind, this will not be my future. And I go home to my little apartment where I'm getting eviction notices every month. And I realized I, I didn't have any answers, but I had questions. So I'm like, who would hire me? What can I do? What skills do I have? Suddenly, bam, it pops in my mind. I remember hearing you know, on the radio, Kelly services, come get a job, you know, start working tomorrow. I call him, I apply, I start doing all these different jobs, filling in at attorney's offices. For fortunately, I started working at a young age. I was working at my dad's legal office and I, I did all kinds of things um, starting at age 14. But um, it was so much fun because I started learning so much about particularly small business. I was so intrigued that people could just step out there and, and 
start a business from an idea and just with a, with a big dose of courage. And, and I loved it. I loved like working for these small businesses and it inspired me. I decided to get my real estate license. And in the meantime, someone said, I, you know, you should do some modeling. I decided to go walk into this talent agency with no experience and ask them to sign me. And after, you know, stumbling down the runway, <laughs> pretending I know knew what I was doing and um, reading some lines, fortunately they signed me. So literally a year and a half from that time, I'm turning over food stamps. Randy, I now working for, as a licensed real for, realtor for the top home builder in our valley, I became the number one realtor and I'm getting these, I, I had done some um, television commercials that went national. So now I'm getting these residuals um, that are paying, and then I got enough money that you have to join Screen Actors Guild once you get make enough money. So now I'm getting paid the best benefits. My son and I have the best insurance benefits. And I looked back on that time when I wrote this book and I thought that was a monumental change in my life. It completely pivoted my direction. And the interesting thing is once I understood the power of asking, I never went backwards from that point. I kept asking and asking. I kept challenging myself with more questions. I kept probing my world and probing people and what their experiences were. And when you start doing that, you just keep going forward. And it is truly miraculous. That story, if I can say, is so well placed in the structure of the book. As far I remember it, the food stamps, you know, comes the dawn, you coming to that realization and it was a trigger for me to say, am I let, am I listening? Am I listening, you know, to, am I listening to the higher power? Am I really asking how do I achieve everything I want? And I wasn't crystal. I wasn't, you know, that's, I I had become so, and, and, I want to help people and I want to give and stuff like that, but I wasn't really asking. And I certainly wasn't seeking, you know, the higher power support the way I was raised are new to do. So it was, it's, it was so well-placed for me in the book. It was an aha moment that I think also made me read the rest of the book with my mind just expanded immediately based on the story and how how to absorb your book. Wow. Thank you for that. And you know what? You made such an important point because part of this asking journey is living in the expectation and living in that anticipation that your answers are out there for you. And we talk about that, if you remember, Randy, in preparing to be a good asker. Part of that is belief. You must believe those answers are out there for you and believe you deserve it. You do deserve it. You are a part of creation. You are a part of the most magnificent thing that exists. That is, you know, you are part of source. Whatever you believe source to be, there is a source that created life. I mean, human life is so miraculous. Um, You know, when you look at even the missing link, and I don't want to go too far off topic here, but they can't, you know, you look at evolution and scientists can't find that missing link. There's something so amazing about a human being something in our DNA where the genome like just bounced over everything. And we are these miraculous beings. And they're saying now scientists, there is no way we were accidentally just, you know, created from dust, from dust. It was no accident. We are a divine intentional creation. 
So when you realize that about yourself, you are part of this creation. And if you think about human beings are the only animal in the kingdom that has the ability to imagine, to imagine and to set something in motion from your imagination. And so every Every beautiful thing that's been created in this universe, every invention, everything every, or on this earth, I should say, has, has come from someone's imagination, someone like you, someone like me. So it, it's just, it's awe-inspiring to me. And what, what Mark and I say is when you do that, that reflective journey, the asking yourself part, make sure you do it from the greatest, like the nth degree of your greatest imagination. In my perfect career life, what would I be doing? Who am I talking to every day? What is their response? How am I changing lives, hearts? How am I changing paradigms? How am I bringing a new technology, new ideas? And see it in its fullest expression because that is your, your imagination is painting, is, is creating the architecture for what you are going to do in this life. That, that, is, that is your birthright. And it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. And, you know, Crystal, I think that that's where the difficulty lies for so many, that authentic, uh, truthful conversation, not with just your internal self, which is so important, um, but the conversations that you have with others, right? We have to move from um, a, you know, I always call parent-child type of conversation that we learn as we're developing into an adult of equal respect conversation that we learn as we mature. And that is where a lot of people get stuck, right? I mean, I, I, I say this all the time. If, if we would never say out loud the things that we say, and that limits our ability to ask because we end up in that vicious cycle. Same thing too with being able to meet people where they are so that you can uh, you know, enjoy those conversations, a knowledge exchange, which then leads to the power of really being able to ask, right? The deeper the, you know, the question, the deeper the knowledge. And that is just a practice skills that most people don't have a community or a forum where they can practice that type of dialogue. Boy, that is so true, Amelia. Everything you just said is so important for everyone to to ponder and understand because, you know, it's interesting when you look, we looked at so many studies about asking and, and they real, revealed a lot of things. First of all, um, it revealed that um, most people, when they're anticipating, you know, asking, they hold back because the perception of everybody going into the study was that if I ask this question, I'm going to be perceived as being stupid, ignorant, uninformed, or they're just going to think I'm pushy and obnoxious, you know, and, and they're, they're too important, sort of like we were talking about early, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt their, their important day or their important time. And, and the studies re reveal that none of that's true. Like there's an 80% more likely chance your request will be granted if you will just step out and, and ask and, and, and start a conversation, start a dialogue of, with curiosity, with inquiry. And the other part of the studies that were so interesting, and this is really to what you were saying, is that people who ask more questions in business relationships, in personal relationships, are perceived as being better partners. And, you know, in a business relationship. 100%. Let me just, just give you a whoop whoop right there. Whoop right? whoop, because, right? Right. People don't understand that when you speak your truth, you are more respected from the person on the other end. The more I can say to you, here is what I'm feeling. Here is what's on my side. Here is what my expectation is. Here is what would work better for me. The more I can take that responsibility 
the stronger you and I will be together. And we miss this in, in our relationships. We miss that we ask for depth and connection and meaning in our relationships, but we show up in them so superficial. We do. Yeah, we glaze over all the important things. And, and the best way to get to the bottom of that and really drive the relationship to a deeper, more intimate, more trusting place is to say, is to start asking those questions. Here are my thoughts on this, Amelia. Will you, you know, what do you think about those things? I want, I love your feedback. Can you tell me, you know, what, what you're really thinking about that? And if you have any feedback for me on that, because I really want to understand what your thoughts are on that. And so then by, by asking that question, I'm like, I heard you and I really care. I heard what you're saying. I really care what you just said. And, and I want to know what you think about it. And so we just, we just drive that relationship to this deeper, more trusting place, you know, because it's like, I value what you have to say. Will you tell me, will you tell me what you're thinking? Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think of it? Um, you know, can you give me any suggestions or feedback that would, would take us to an even better place? And it's just so magical because you start to, to just love what you're doing and, and, and love the camaraderie because honestly, I think one of the things we've missed in this life, and I think people are opening up to it. I, I think there is this great awakening of really connecting as human beings in a much deeper way. It's who we are. I mean, we, well, we were all sprung from the same source. Doesn't matter what you call the source, God, Allah, source, creator, universe. We were sprung from that source. So there we are, there's this oneness, but we're like this individuated oneness. So, so we all bring something different to the table, a different perspective, our little individuated, you know, part of how to see things. So we, it's so important to be able to learn from each other. And we do that. We get by asking each other these questions. When groups of people get together and start enthusiastically brainstorming questions, there is just this amazing shifting of energy that moves forward into brand new ideas, breakthroughs, innovations that, that weren't there before you started asking. Can I ask you about curiosity? Yes. Um, this comes up a lot. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. And, and it's come up on many of my shows that I've discussed. My podcast has come up here all the time. Curious. We always are praising people who are curious. I'm curious. They're curious. There's a benefit to being curious. I know there are people who are not naturally curious. If you're curious, you're going, you're at an advantage. You're going to tend to ask. Do you have any tips for those people who really aren't naturally curious? If it's oh. not instinctual. Mm -hmm. to ask the question, how do we get them there? You know what? It's such a great question, Randy. And I, I love to roll it way back to our childhood because I'm telling you, even the least curious people on this planet were born extremely curious. All of us came into this life as children, as these perfect little uncorrupted askers. We were infinitely curious because that's how we evolved and grew. We, we wanted to know who, what, when, where, why, how, 
And, you know, we also weren't afraid to ask for more. We, we, it, we, um, accepted that, that we deserved everything. We came in with this belief that we deserved, we deserve everything and we do. And then over time, depending on how, on how we were parented or what happened in our school years, you know, stop asking, put your hand down. You weren't called on, you know, um, your, val your ideas aren't valued at your, at your job. You know, you try to ask questions, you're shut down and on and on life starts rejecting us. And so we start getting that beautiful curiosity that ability to ask, to probe, to ponder, it gets crushed out of us and it is sad. And I honestly believe that if we, if we become aware of that, Randy, and go back, try to go back into that childlike part of ourselves, get in touch with your child self that was, you know, alive and vibrant and endlessly curious about everything that we can, we can change everything. We can rekindle that curiosity and start to see um, things that we weren't seeing before. It opens, it opens doors, it opens resources, and it makes life so much more fun because we're missing things. And that's such a great point because there's been so many white papers that have been written about childhoods that were fed, their curiosities were fed, and childhoods where their curiosity was literally stomped out and how that had an impact on so many of the different drivers in life, you know, that, that we traditionally value. And it is, it is 100%, you know, connected to that foundation. And then the tools that are, that we're learning more and more now about how to unwind that, right. You know, that, that initial experience on whether curiosity was built in or removed. Um, and what we've learned now, right. When you know better, you do better. Um, even in my, my own, my own parenting, right. How, cause my kids are, 14 years apart, right? So I, I have, I was a mother in my twenties and I was a mother in my forties and I can see in my own personal develop how when I was younger, my child's natural curiosity, how that became a trigger for me because I was in, in a childhood where, you know, curiosity was not overly welcomed um, wow. and how that becomes a trigger. And so all of that is just a matter of skill building. You know, what I say is everything can be unlearned and relearned right? Once you're able to identify it and curiosity is the food for innovation. Curiosity is the food for happiness, fulfillment, joy, all that. Curiosity is such a key to so many of the other things, but curiosity when demonstrated triggers a lot of people because you're going into the land that has no guidelines, right? It's like the land of the abyss. It's unstructured and it triggers uncertainty for so many people. So really just, just that one word to be able to have with the people that are close to you to say, how comfortable are you in curiosity? How far can you go before you feel uncomfortable is an interesting dinner party conversation. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> and I might just use that. I, I really love that, Amelia. And you are spot on. And it, it, it's interesting because we can learn so much from our children. And I find that now, now we have grandchildren. And one of my favorite things is to just lose myself in, in their play, in their playtime. Because I think in this, this world, we live, we live in our analytical minds way too much. And we're missing half of the opportunity. When you only live in your analytical mind, you are missing that right brain, you know, free flowing, artistic, curious, innovative. I mean, 
if we just get out and play more and play can be anything. I mean, art is play. You know, if I would say if you're a person who feels like your curiosity is really shut down, um, start playing. You know, people get coloring books. Uh, Find some form of art to do. Dance. I mean, be silly sometimes. And isn't it Move. funny how it, it, it cracks me up when we talk about play and then we put boundaries on play. I want you to play, but be quiet. I want you to play, but color in the lines. I want you to play, but, right? We have this push-pull energy that we build into so many of the experiences in life and, and, and let we, we say we want abundance, but we don't set the stage for abundance because we put rules on it and then wonder why we don't have the limited potential that we want. And so I'm, oh, cause I'm a behaviorist by training. And so I try yep. to point out to people their contradictions, right? So we say play, but be quiet, play, but stay on the mat, play, but only use this one thing. I love that you pointed hey, that out. Amelia and Crystal, if you don't mind, can I, if I could speak to this real quick. Absolutely. Uh, Hello. Hi, Amelia. Um, I'm loving this conversation. Crystal, you are fabulous. Your mind to me is utterly fascinating. Uh, I love where you're at. And I love how earlier you were talking about the, uh, the, the, the missing link, as they call it, which to me is more of a, a place of finding truth, right? It's more of something that we've found versus something that is missing. And so I love your your thoughts around that. I love this conversation. And it's making me think of my daughter, Willow, who Amelia knows really well. And uh, my daughter, Willow, is intensely curious and incredibly high energy. She questions everything and remembers <laughs> all of your answers. Now, with all of that said, her mix of intelligence and, I mean, parenting challenges, right? Uh, it's very tough sometimes um, because she does question everything. And so sometimes it comes across as disobedient. And I find that her siblings get frustrated. I get frustrated. Her mom gets frustrated. And we go to the, you know, because I said so, this is enough. I don't want to hear it anymore obey, 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 right? And so as you're talking, I'm just like, oh, we're stifling her curiosity. <laughs> but, it's just, but at the same time, we have to have some sort of, of organization and systems. I mean, I've got seven children running around in this house. So how do we keep from stifling that curiosity? How do we allow it to flow, but at the same time, not let it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, get to that yes, point where I do. It becomes a frustration I, point. Yeah. And you know what? I totally understand because some of these kids are just so brilliant. They do, they do want to challenge and ask and, you know, question everything. So, so it, it becomes a balance. Like how do, how do we maintain rules and order because all homes need rules and order and without stifling the child. And so I think it has to be really deliberate. And I'm so sorry, please tell me your name. Cause I am so, I'm not good at clubhouse. Cause no I have no that is Mr. Guys. Glenn Lundy. He is the Glenn. founder of Braxton's of Champions. Oh my gosh, Glenn. Okay. Such a, a pleasure. I'm like looking through here going, who's talking? Yeah. Who's talking? So Glenn, I love it. Willow sounds like just a, just a beautiful little being. But, um, I think with her, cause she's so intelligent, um, you need to explain to her, especially when it starts pushing 
the boundaries of, you know, like, why do I have to do that just because you said it? You know, I think you need to remind her almost every day that families all have rules and it's almost like you need to go over it maybe every morning. Let's talk about what, what, how, you know, how uh, functional families work, happy families work. Um, mommy and daddy have more experience. Um, rules have to be set. And so, you know, we will have, we're going to have rules. And so we want to, we want to hear your questions, but when you start asking how to challenge the rules, then it's crossing this boundary. So we're going to ask you not to, not to cross the boundary of, you know, challenging, challenging the rules that make it, make it, make our family work and make our family flow for everybody, because all of us have to flow together. And I think if you explain that to her ahead of time, and then you say, so when you do this, Willow, we're going to remind you that, ooh, you cross the boundary because, you know, um, and when you cross that boundary, it's, it's hard for our family to flow. It makes it hard for everybody to keep flowing in the direction that we, that we want to want to keep going. And Glenn, can I top in here? Can I just, cause I, again, I don't have as many kids as you, you do. I have four, <laughs> right? So this was, so I have your willow is my Lucia on this side. <laughs> And one of my favorite things that I have done, and I do this with her all the time, is when, because she's a curious cat, she's a high, high functioning creative, like way out of the box. And I always like to ask these two things, which is, can you draw that for me? Or can you tell me that story? So when she's pushing on our boundaries as a unit, which I think works best for the unit, and I ask her to invite me into the story or invite me into... A visual. So she created, I don't know what the right word is for when they take a shoebox and they create the world word, the world inside that shoebox that's called something. I don't know what it is. Um, a diorama. Diorama. Thank yeah. Thank you. Okay. So she built a diorama of what she would like our family to function as. It was freaking fascinating. And so when I butt heads against her because I'm trying to lead something into a little bit more structure, and again, anybody who knows me, I'm way more analytical. She's a high creative and she can tell me the story. And so she has written me stories about where we were bucking heads to tell me how she would design that world. And I have found such intelligence on how she thinks it should be done utilizing her creativity. Like I'm always giving her a math formula, right? And, and, and she's always giving me a story. And with Willow, because she is also very similar, if she could show you the vision, the pictures, the collage of what she sees, how all of that working, not only are you expanding her brain to come up with a solution on how your family, right, with eight kids functions from a way that probably isn't a perfect solution, but she's going to show you how she sees something and be invited into that lens of the world is such a gift. That's just my two cents of what's going on on this side of the world. I love that, Amelia. I think that's very practical and we can definitely apply and I can see her making moves on that. And Crystal, I appreciate your shares as well and the reminder of things like this require daily development. It's not something we can talk about once or once a week or only talk about it in those moments of frustration, but rather something that we can start the day with, right? Change the way we start our day. That's my motto. If you change the way you start your day, it'll make a massive impact in your life. But if we can start every day with those conversations, I think that can be really valuable. Uh, she really is an interesting, an interesting bird, Amelia. She, she recently told me that 
She feels like she is an adult who has been trapped in a child's body for years. Like that's literally how she feels. I love that. And so here's, the, here's the, so we, we play this game. We watch a movie, right? So we all just watch Maleficent. And I said to Lucia, who is everybody's character? Right? Who who do you see me? What character am I? What character? What what character is everybody? And so if you play that same game with Willow, everybody watch a movie and then have her tell you how she sees everybody's character. You're gonna get insight on how she sees her siblings. Beautiful. I love it. And we have plenty of movies to watch to do that. So <laughs> thank you. This has been incredible. I'll let you guys back. Thanks for letting me interrupt the conversation. If, if I can just thanks, Glenn. Sorry, while we're interrupting, this is Dara. Hi, Amelia. I'm loving this interview. Hello. Hi, I just want to encourage everyone to use the new share button on Clubhouse, the little recycle sign at the bottom left. I don't know what it is algorithmically, but if everyone could hit that button at the bottom left and say, Amelia's doing this incredible interview with Crystal because she is, we'll get a lot more people in the room to experience it. So I just wanted to pop in with that admin note. And thank you, Amelia. You are amazing. Oh, I just noticed I, that little button. I've never seen that button it's before. It's new and it's really It's part powerful. of the update. Yeah, it's really cool because now we can share, you know, just like you would share on Facebook or share on any of those other places. You can literally share these rooms into the uh, into the hallways and people in, in, into the feeds. So we would love it if you would hit that little recycle. It looks like a recycle button. Go ahead and hit that little recycle button down there because this really is a powerful interview. I went ahead and texted my whole text community. I was like, y'all got to get in here. This woman, Crystal, is blowing it up. Over here, yes, on I came England. I have, I have <laughs> nice, bought, nice. I have literally, I, me too. <laughs> I, I, I have bought more ask books than I can actually count at this point because it really is where people suffer. They're afraid to ask for their true, authentic uh, wish, right? They ask with hesitation or they do mind reading asking or they try to do subtle little hints hoping you figure it out like really learning and mastering the skill of to ask within self and to others is such a gift it's so freeing and it is part of growth and scale and so i love 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 the book thank amelia, you amelia? amelia sorry i was going to add a few things i uh, we parented five kids five children in the uk and they became the brainiest kids officially by guinness the curiosity index of every child can be very testing to the parent particularly if it's pre six post six is radically different I don't have all the time to be able to share with you what happened and how these kids were able to hit high school diploma at the age of five and six in their specific area of genius or what we call their domain specific area of excellence. It is very time consuming, but boy, girl, there's so much joy if you do it early and lay a strong foundation of a child speaking six languages by the time they are in the third grade and the same child playing netball professor chris this is sarah um 
And one of the people who helps administer the club, I'm going to actually shoot you a text or a clubhouse DM so that we can find space for this conversation. Cause I really, I know that Amelia and Crystal are time limited and I know that this interview is rocking and rolling and I'm the one who jumped in with announcements. So I will shoot you a DM right now so we can learn more about that experience and I can turn the microphone back over to my sister, Amelia. Thank you so much for understanding. Awesome. Thank you so much. So Crystal, can I ask, so was there something in writing? Cause I'm, I'm sure that what you guys thought this book was going to do versus what the book is actually doing, that there must be some surprises. Is there a surprise from this that you just never were planning for about really empowering people on how to really, really lean into the ask? Yeah. You know what? One of the biggest surprises has been, Amelia, was the response to the prologue that we called The Fable of Michaela. It was a story um, we wanted to start the book with a fable because we love fables. Um, stories are just great ways. You know, we, when, when a human being reads a story, um, we, we see metaphors instantly that we can apply to our own lives. So, so we thought it'd be wonderful to start with a, with a fable. And I started, um, thought we, we, we actually considered writing it about an animal. And then I said, why don't we do it about a girl? And I started writing it. Mark and I were going to pass it back and forth a little bit. But when I started writing it, it just flowed out in this kind of amazing, I had so much fun writing it. It was like the fable was dancing out there somewhere and I was just reporting on it. It was so much fun for me. I got into this really fun creative space and then I ended up using, I, I've been blessed to have these incredible dreams my whole life that have been, that kind of guide me. I have these dreams when things are going on. So I sort of used my own dreams as the basis for these dreams that Michaela has. So the response, to the fable of Michaela has been unbelievable because if I could just take take a minute to share share it a, a little bit. Um, so Michaela starts off, she, she lives at the time of kings and queens. She has lost everything in her life, everything that matters. She lost her mother, then her father shortly after. Uh, they took her home away. The bill collectors took her home away because she couldn't pay the medical bills. She's sleeping in a grove of trees. And she ha her job basically every day is as an indentured servant to, to pay back her bills is to move rocks at the stone quarry. So her every day she wakes up and she moves heavy rocks from one place to another. And, and quite honestly, um, that is how a lot of people feel in their lives, uh, especially through these, this COVID challenge. Um, people, people have, there are a lot of people who have lost hope, um, lost their businesses. A lot of things have happened. There's been a lot of fallout. So Michaela, um, you know, falls asleep one night and, and uh, she, she dreams and this being takes her to the bridge um, and says, you know, Michaela, the key to life is ask, start asking and, and never stop. So when she wakes up <clears throat> the next day, something's already changed inside of her. She realizes there's something she's been missing. So she starts to, the first thing she does is just start to wonder. She starts to be curious. Who are these people around me? I haven't even seen them. She, she's been so stuck in her misery that she isn't even seeing the life that's going on around her. Um, so she starts to wonder out about the people. As she wonders, she starts to ask. As she gets these, these new, these answers, she starts to wonder more. She starts to reach out. And little by little, as Michaela starts to ask more questions, her life begins to change. And by the end of it, the, the change is so dramatic that you wouldn't even recognize Michaela or her life from where she started. And I think people see themselves 
in that in that story, in that fable. I have had, we've done probably 140 podcasts about this book. We just have been invited on so many podcasts. And I have had grown men say, I started reading this fable and I have never cried in a book before. And I sobbed because I could see myself here. And so in some ways, um, I think the fable of Michaela has become every, every woman, every man's story. And we're now, we have some interest in making a film about the fable of Michaela, which is just extraordinary. I never would have believed that was going to happen. I love that. And I, I mean, there's a, there's a sense of um, sadness that that triggers in me. And, and why I say that is that I think that some of people's biggest desires, the things that really make them the amazing, incredible person that they really are, are the unspoken words that they're afraid to say, the things to say, you know, I really need a hug right now. And it comes out as defensiveness, right? To be able to say, you know, I, I, I wish for this and I think you can help me. Like all of the things that we don't say is the thing that is the most beautiful about us. And those words go unspoken. I mean, with the years and years and years that I have spent in human behavior and trying to decode for people their own reflection, I will say that the, the strongest work is in those overachievers that never really speak their truth. They, they're, they are very good at overachieving, but the beauty of who they are always gets left unseen. And I see it time and time and time and time again, how we leave the best part of us inside. Boy, that's, that is so true. That is so beautifully said. And I think this, um, this asking journey, this, this permission we're giving ourselves to, to be more curious, to be more inquiring, to ask questions of others opens us up. First of all, we allow ourselves to reveal more of ourselves and we allow ourselves to bond with other human beings you know, and get to know them. And, and in this way, we, we just start to bond with each other and together we can do so much more. Um, you know, I think this is a time where the world is wanting and needing to connect in the most meaningful way we ever have before. It's not anymore. It's just, it's not about what I can go and get for myself. My journey isn't going to mean anything unless I am raising up and, and participating with all of these amazing beings that are around, are around me. And if we all open up to that, to that asking journey, to the curiosity, to the questions, to, to the inquiries, and also the other part of it we haven't mentioned is we talk about in the book being a grantor of wishes. One of the most beautiful things you can do for another human being is to hear their request and, and meet that request. How wonderful is that? And, and we talk about some specific examples. I talk about my friend, Olivia Newton-John, how she has always blown my mind with how, how kind she is when people ask things of her. She, she's just an amazing human being. I'll let you talk. Crystal, let me jump in just to help some people really understand some of the benefits of ask because I highlighted all over it. <laughs> um, I, I, we can't go through all of this for time, but I really do encourage people when you buy the book and you should um, 
the seven roadblocks to asking, I think are huge and it's early in the book. And you, because you do identify yourself, I identified myself partially in five out of seven. Um, I really was asked phobic, but one of the things I highlighted that I think will really help the discussion today is, as I said, I'll do a dramatic reading from the book. Um, I also discovered that the quality of the question defines the answer. A lot of people ask the wrong question. Are you asking the right question of yourself? For example, don't, uh, how do I get out of debt? Don't ask, how do I get out of debt? Instead ask, how do I create abundance? Major game changer for me. It is, and the way we ask our questions is so important. And unfortunately, because without realizing it, we, we all carry our baggage forward with us. Um, all of the problems, issues we've experienced in our lives, um, we tend to uh, rely on those for the direction forward. And asking the right questions, being able to form our questions correctly is the only way to break ourselves out of those old paradigms and release the baggage. Because when we ask, like we were talking before, with that great belief that something really amazing is out there for us, the best of life is waiting for us. And we truly only need to ask for it. So why ask small? Why are, and, and certainly don't ask from a negative perspective. I'll ask from the nth degree of your greatest vision for yourself. And when you do that, everything changes miraculously. I love that, right? Because it is, the, and we, you hear this over and over again when we listen to some of the people that have, you know, had some of the best, best success is what they've said is what they learned was to get more clear on the question, right? Your question leads you to the magnitude of the answer. And that is a skill that unfortunately we're not taught, right? We're not taught how to ask the deeper question underneath the surface. And that's where this mentorship and community and all the stuff, even with Breakfast with Champions, you get to see how other people use their language in asking. That's right. Every breakthrough, every great success, every, you know, revolutionary solution to, to what seemed to be an, uh, an unshakable problem started and continued with the same mechanism. And it's asking a question or a series of questions that someone asked. And once they asked, they continue to follow that trail of answers. That's the key. You have to listen for the answers. You follow the trail of answers. You follow the solutions. Um, when you get these breakthroughs, you need to take action about it. That's, started, that's part of the uh, section on preparing to be a good asker is, you know, you have to follow through with action because when you start asking questions, things are going to come to you, breakthroughs, solutions, answers. You need to pick up the phone and call that person that just came to your mind or you need to act on that idea. And when you do that, that's exactly what's going to lead you to these, this unexpected positive result and, and successes that you've been wanting. You know what I'm looking at now, Crystal, is uh, uh, prepare to be a good asker. Yes. Which I find, I, mean, I can't, there's so many anecdotes, there's so many examples, there's so many ways to see yourself. 
But this was also very helpful to me as well. Uh, belief, action, visualization, prayer, define your desires, because I found a lot of weaknesses in myself in this area as well, preparing to ask. And frankly, when getting back to the roadblock, I was afraid of the answer. That was my big one. I, I like to like everybody. So if somebody was not going to give me the answer I wanted, even though if as children, we keep asking the question until we get the answer we want. As an that adult, I was afraid of the answer. But now in preparation for being a better asker, this particular section was really meaningful for me. Yeah, no, it's it's super important because um, a lot of people will go, well, I ask and I'm not getting the answers, but you have to be you have to prepare. Um, to be a better asker. And so that section is super, super helpful. But yeah, I mean, what you're talking about, Randy, is just the, the roadblock of fear. I mean, it's just that underlying feeling that um, we're going to lose something by asking. And human beings, and usually that fear is what we're going to lose is love or approval. Um, because human beings need love, we need approval. You know, at our very core, um, we're all pretty basic. That's the truth. Um, we want to be liked. We, we want to be loved. We, we want approval. And so we'll stop ourselves from asking for those things that could take us to the most, the next level, the most magnificent breakthrough, because we're just so afraid we might lose something. And so getting in touch with your roadblocks is super important because we found the same thing that you said. Every single person carries, when you go through those roadblocks, um, and I, just unworthiness, naivete, doubt, excuses, fear, pattern paralysis, disconnection. Um, most people have at least one or two of those that are a constant theme in their lives. And many people carry all of them all the time. And so those, those alone- the And it's heavy, right? It's so yeah. heavy to carry. Oh, it's so heavy to carry. And, and when you, the awareness of it makes you realize you don't need to carry these anymore. Once you identify that, see, awareness is like a big gate swinging open. Like, wow, I thought I was locked in here and I couldn't go anywhere. But once that awareness is there, it's a huge gate that is opening for you saying, walk out of this. You, now you know it. Now you know that you have this unworthiness, this conditioning from your childhood that somehow is telling you in a subtle way that, yeah, you just don't deserve that. Don't ask that person. Why would they want to talk to you? You know, you don't really, you're not good enough for that. And, and these voices are in all of our heads at some time or another. You know, the other um, roadblock that I really think is important is naivete. Um, and it's, it's really the one where we're just not aware of what's even possible because each of us grew up with limited possibilities. We only know what we know, right? Um, and, I, and I talk about um, Melda and the mangoes and how this adorable, you know, Filipina woman who helped me with my children because they were born 16 months apart. She uh, would make these beautiful dishes from her homeland. And um, one day she shows up with this fruit, cuts it up, puts it on a plate and said, try this, Crystal. And I bit into this juicy orange fruit and I go, Melda, what is this? And she goes, it's a mango. And I was like, a mango? How, how have I never had a mango? Where did you get this from? thinking she probably imported it from the Philippines or something. And she goes, they're at the grocery store. I was like, these mangoes are at the grocery store and I've just been walking by them every time, anytime I've been at the store. How did I miss that? But you know, it, it's just a classic example. I, I grew up in Idaho where we have a lot of potatoes, but no mangoes, right? So we grew up with a certain set of circumstances, ideas, um, 
you know, rules, norms. And so often we could, what else are we walking by every day? What person, what opportunity are we just walking past because we're naive, we're not aware of it. But what if we took this asking journey and started, started wondering about it, started wondering about that person, that opportunity, um, you know, how much could our lives open up when we get rid of that naivete roadblock? And that's a direct link to conditional behavior, right? When we're little and we're asking about, well, what is this? And what is that? And what does that taste like? And how comes it's green? And why do all those questions when, when we're stifled in that earlier development, it lingers into our adulthood where we have that same blockage now about asking on that curiosity. Um, and that's, that's that vicious cycle that you have to learn a new behavior, but it, but it does happen, right? You become a creature of your environment. I'm, you know, moving from the West coast to the East coast. I found that too. There's a lot of things that are in my daily environment, um, that are just, you know, Brussels sprouts and artichokes and, you know, <laughs> passion fruit <laughs> and all this stuff. And then in New York, people are like, what is that? I'm like, what do you mean what that is? I'm like, that's a mango. That's a passion fruit. That's, you know, they're like, I've never seen any of these things. And I'm like, I, you forget that you become what you surround yourself with. And even something that simple and that feeding that curiosity, right? That's the intentionality, you know, here in, um, in our company, we love to embrace the fabulousness of culture food. I'm a very, I'm a foodie. I love food. I love food from ever. And so I like that kind of international coalition to say, bring me your foods of your country and teach your brothers and sisters about them because we don't even realize that what's part of our norm is completely foreign to somebody else, right? I grew up in a different country. And so things that are just part of my everyday life is different for somebody who was uh, derived here in America. And so when you start to see how people, um, even comfort food, like what my comfort food is different than somebody who's raised somewhere else. And to be able to have the platform and the stage set for that curiosity to go, what is that? What does it come from? What, it doesn't taste like what I think it was going to taste like. All of that becomes a breeding ground of curiosity. And curiosity is the gateway to innovation. And I, it just, I love, I just, I love how many places that your book can go to open up those parts of us that many of us, and I'll say this again slowly, many of us are ashamed about because we were told that that curiosity was bad when the reality is your curiosity is the key to your happiness. Boy, that's exactly right. And you know what you were just describing, um, I do the same thing. I, I, I make it. A point to go to you know well these food trucks will pull up to our club we we, we belong to a, a great club here um facility that's got a spa and i always try to go to you know different ethnic restaurants food trucks whatever and have a conversation with the people you know we were talking about how to foster curiosity if you're if you're not a curious person it has to be very intentional and, and deliberate you know you need to reach out and look beyond what's in your norm what's in your normal life um and life gets so exciting and so much more fun when you're willing to do that um and i didn't realize i guess i'd forgotten amelia you were raised uh where did you where were you raised where'd you grow up in italy oh that's right that's right that's right okay yeah so um and we, we, we speak fun. and communicate via food. So the only way I know how to speak to you is by food. So I, I, we want to feed you and we want to show. And so <laughs> that is something that's just, you know, I, I can't think of a social interaction in my culture that doesn't include food. 
right? Just, it does. Food is everywhere. Food is everything. It's very community driven. And you know that you have been accepted in the quote, quote, family when you're invited to break bread, right? We don't, we, we, that's a, that's a bonding experience for us. And so, you know, Sunday dinners really is that kind of invitation that you're part of the family and all of it has some type of meaning and tradition around it. And when you're raised in that culture, and you venture off to another culture that is less driven around food, you kind of go, where's the food? Like what, what's going on? What do you mean you're cooking one chicken per person? I cook 10 chickens per person to have the abundance of amount of food, right? It's just, it's just a different perspective. There's no right or wrong. It's just a difference. Um, and it's, it's, it opens up and allows that curiosity if you can create the comfort zone for it, right? To realize that some people are out of their normal, their normal comfort. And so I had to learn that as I came stateside in my culture, both men and women slobber and hug all over each other. It's very, you come through the front door, you're going to be kissed and slobbered on immensely by both men and women. Well, American, American men that they're like, Oh my God, this dude is kissing me. And I'm like, because everybody, right. And so you don't realize that you have to set the stage to allow somebody to be comfortable because if they're not comfortable, they can't be curious. Right. And so it's all matters. And I say that a thousand and one times, you know, uh, Sarah and Glenn, we had the grow for God. And I said from, from stage, you know, you have to realize that you have to set the groundwork for success. You have to set the environment, right. For the expectation to invite somebody into that area that is uncomfortable. Right. So if a pack of men are coming at you to kiss all over you and you've never had that, that's intimidating, right? You know, I've got a big family and that big family slobbers all over people. And I had to realize that that's not everybody's normal. And when you can really set curiosity to be a good thing, to be positive, to feed that curiosity, to make it safe, you create an environment of abundance. But I will say most people that was pounded out of them. It was pounded out of them, just like Glenn was saying. It's more exhausting as a parent to raise a curious child. It takes more patience to create a curious environment of team and employees, right? It just takes more effort. But the upside is exponential. Um, and I just, and again, your, your book um, really opens up the conversation for so many places to go. And I just, I really, really want to just say, th- first of all, I adore you. I always have. And I'm really, this piece of work is just really incredible. Um, if there's people who are on stage who would like to ask a question, now would be a great time to jump in while we have uh, Crystal with us. Hey, Amelia, it's GI. Hello, GI. How are you? How are you? Amazing. Oh my God, I love you. Uh, Amelia. Hey, look, real quick, because I want to get some other folks. This is a beautiful conversation. And it takes me back to many of our women veterans and veterans who have been told what to do, they gave up particular, they were given a particular specialty when they joined, but now they are getting an opportunity to decide what do they wanna do once they transition. And it's hard because you've been told what to do and you've figured out how to be good at it, but yet your skill sets may be in other places, but you, you've grown up in a system of security that says stick with what you know because that has, you know, brought you great success and achieved a great mission of protecting this country. So this is GI got inspired to help women veteran entrepreneurs uh, have a greater impact. And it's always an honor to be in your presence.
That's a great question because the, the, absolutely with the military, you are conditioned to not go outside of the guidelines, to, to not be curious. Right, right. Um, I, I love that. It's interesting. It reminds me kind of, a, of one of the roadblocks we talk about, which is pattern paralysis. And, and that can happen to anyone. Um, you know, uh, we start conditioning our brain when we're, it can be something we do to ourselves or something that comes as a result of expectations in an environment where we're expected to do a very specific thing and stay within very strict parameters. And so it's super important to recognize that and then allow, you know, take this, uh, when you take this asking journey, I think it requires, it's going to take a, a lot of time with yourself, you know, and, and a journal and really start to probe, um, you know, where your heart is. I mean, I think part of the, part of the way you ask is to get out of your head sometimes and go into your heart. Um, that we've discovered that there's actually, uh, scientists have discovered there's actually like a mini brain in your heart. There are neural cells that are identical to the ones in your brain. And so your heart can sometimes lead you in a more true direction because with the brain, you've got the right brain, left brain sort of arguing back and forth, trying to weigh and balance everything. But sometimes if you just sit and ask questions of yourself from that heart space, um, your answers will be really clear and true and, and will resonate um, at, a, at a deep soul level and give you the guidance that you need. Awesome, thank you. And by the way, thank you for your service. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Hi, Amelia, this is Kimberly. Can I chime in? Absolutely. Thank you. Crystal, thank you so much for your, um, I, I have not read the book, but I will be, absolutely. But um, I wanted to make a couple comments. If Glenn's still in the room, I just wanna say, Glenn, I adore Willow. And I'm so much like I'm so much like her. <laughs> so we've definitely resonated. But um, and I appreciated the way you held the question back with that. I wish all parents would. But you know, years ago, probably 25 plus, um, I believe I heard Tony Robbins or someone like that make a statement about if you want to change the quality of your life, change the quality of your question. And that was life changing for me, although I had a long way to go on that journey. And there's um, a poem I wanna say just a piece of and ask my question because it's so beautiful. I'm sure you're familiar with it, um, Crystal, but, and I'm not sure how to say his name. I think it's Rainier uh, Rilke, but he says, be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. The point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. So I find that as a guiding principle in my life. And the first set of questions I ask are always to me. So I wondered if you could share something about, I'm sure if we read your book and as we read your book, we'll learn that the magic answer to this question is ask. 
But is there, as we step into that discomfort, into a world that's not used to it, is there any other thing that you can tell us in advance of reading the full book? How do we meet a world who's not quite ready for our questions and do it anyway? Kimberly, thank you for all of that. Thank you for that poem. It is absolutely beautiful. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear you live by that. By that. Um, but, you know, you're talking about how do we step into a world that's ready for our questions. I would ask you to stop having any concern about who's ready because the most important thing is that you are ready and you can only express yourself. You cannot express anyone else. So it doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter what someone's response is to you because once you decide to take the asking journey, ultimately you will find your answer. You'll keep asking and you'll, you'll keep living in the question until you find the answer. And um, how someone responds to you is, is really not important because everyone is doing the best they can from their own state of consciousness at any given time. They may not be in a position, they may have had a horrible day. They may have just gotten some bad news. They may be feeling devastated, sick, whatever. Each of us are living our own journey. So the only thing we can do is control our own journey and be committed and dedicated to living in that question, moving out there in it, rejoicing in the question and never worrying what the response is. We, when you can let go, it, it requires a, a level of detachment to be able to live fully in this asking journey. And when you can detach, you'll realize that the universe will redirect you when someone says no or when a door closes. That is only the universe redirecting you to the right door. So give it thanks and praise it and move forward and bless every person in your life. Well, thank you for that. And actually, I'm real comfortable with questions, but I'm surrounded by people who come to me with the question I asked you. So I really wanted to hear your answer. And thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. Hey, Amelia. Pitter Pat. Hello, Ms. Pitter. We'll take you. We're going to have the last question before we close the room. So welcome, Ms. Pitter. Hello, hello. I, have, I do have a question, and it's a piggyback of what my mom taught me. When my former husband passed away, I began to learn to ask um, for help. And before, I would not ask for help. I'm the one, I find that the ones that are afraid to ask are the ones that are usually the, the, the people that get asked. So do you find that, um, that that is the case? And then when my mom said, Peter, what if someone, um, you wanted to give something to someone, and they said, no, how would you feel? And I said, I would be kind of hurt. It would kind of like, it would hurt me. She said, well, that's what it's like when you don't ask someone and they turn and you turn them down for trying to help you if you ask. So do you find that people often that are usually the ones that give to the askers, how do you, I guess I'm trying to cultivate the question and drive at the same time. Um, do you feel like they are um, 
I know you help me out. <laughs> you, you know, let, you know let, what I'm let me say. Yeah, I do. I really do. And I think your mom is spot on. Um, when you hold back and make an assumption that someone, you know, isn't going to want to grant your request or do something for you or be part of your journey in terms of feedback in your life, it, you very surely could be depriving them of the opportunity they they needed. Um, to to give or to be part of your journey in some way so so often we assume that oh no this is just a big imposition and i'm, I'm somehow um infringing on this person's rights or um bothering them but but what if you're really depriving them of an opportunity um to step forward and and be a be something, provide something good or, or be a better version of themselves. Step up, grow and, and grant some grant your request. Um, we don't know that until you give them an opportunity to try. And, and that's all you can do. So when you reach out to somebody, um, it is a gift. It is a gift that you're you're giving to them. And if if they're not ready to receive it, you you can let it go. You just have to uh, move forward and and um, again, be detached from that outcome. Well, it's been an amazing journey of the asking and it's the receiving. So I am fully loving it. So thanks, Amelia. I love you, girl. Love you, girl. Thanks, girl. Thank you so much, Chris. I, I want to be respectful of your time. I just, I love it. If, if, if Betty, please, you haven't purchased the book already. It is a phenomenal book. I guarantee it's going to have you really dig into some deeper levels of thought. Um, and Crystal, I just want to thank you so much. Um, I, I just I adore you guys are such amazing power couple. And I'm so glad you gifted us with this. Um, and I'm a big fan. And if there's anything that I can do to serve as you guys push this book out into uh, leadership and so many people, I'm here 100% for you. Oh, thank you, Amelia. I really appreciate it. And thanks, Randy. I appreciate you guys having me on here today and being able to talk to these this wonderful group. And um, Thanks for all you're doing. Gosh, what a, you guys, you're just a superstar and a powerhouse. And, I'm, and I, I just love you and um, love our friendship. And we need to get together soon. <laughs> Absolutely. We're so overdue, especially as we move into this year. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to track you down for sure. And uh, we say this all the time, together we rise, right? That's the only way we get there. And so, yes, absolutely. There is big work for us to do together. And I just, I respect you so much. So just thank you. Thank you very much for being here. And I just love your work. Ditto. Thank you, Amelia. And everybody go out and have a great day and ask. <laughs> awesome. Thank you both. We're going to be wrapping up this room. So thank you again, Amelia, for this wonderful interview with Crystal. This was a really insightful and everyone for joining us. This is the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club. Please follow the Monopoly House on the front. We have a lot of pop-up rooms, so you definitely don't want to miss out. Rise and Grind is Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m., but today is Friday. That means tomorrow we have Breakfast with Champions at 6 a.m., so please join us tomorrow morning, and then we will start it up all over again on Monday So at 5 a.m., so please be sure to join us tomorrow. Have a great one. We're going to be closing out this room. Please make sure you follow people 
above you, below you, in the audience, all of the things. I know we are way over on time. If you have any questions, make sure to back channel people. There's messages there on the little airplane on the side for those of you that are new. And I see a lot of party hats that came in and out of the room. For those of you with balloons, that means it's your clubhouse anniversary. And for those of you with party hats, that means that you are new to the application. So welcome and definitely take advantage of filling out your bios. Check out the bios of those around you. Make sure that you're not a bot because some computer bots have made it onto Clubhouse. So make sure you have something in your bio so we know you're not a bot and uh, you can feel free to raise your hand next time around. All right, I'm going to close out this room. Thank you all again. And hopefully that gave you some time to follow a few folks, follow the club and see you all tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.